Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'm your announcer. We are pleased to be using our one talent to the glory of God with a desire to grow our brothers and sisters in Holy Communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The truth is revealed in the growth of the podcast in 47 countries, as well as the encouraging comments and heartfelt questions you have all sent us. We thank you for listening and sharing your experiences in prayer. And now, we are very excited to announce our October surprise. Fred also has a celebration announcement. And speaking of our host, here he is now. My friend and yours, Fred. Glory to God in the highest for his eternal mercies. Thank you, Richard, for that introduction. And I am thankful for you as well, my friend, because you are a providence of God for this ministry. Your generous help, you share your time and your expertise, even your technical expertise. But most of all, I really do appreciate your encouragement over these years and That has helped the ministry to go on and grow as well. So I too want to add my humble appreciation for everyone who listens and has written in or encouraged me in one way or another and given suggestions on how to make the podcast a little bit better. We do appreciate that. It is our October surprise. And as you know, if you've been listening from the beginning, that my first experience with the wounds of a faithful friend, ignited my prayer life. After a year of not being able to pray, he came to me and in short said, in our vernacular these days, he said, prayer is a command. You've got to get over yourself and start praying. And that is indeed what kick-started my prayer life. It did take a long time to get my prayer life rolling, but what started it was that rebuke Prayer is a command, no matter what. And I would, I've said it many times in my life, I would that I had obeyed everything the way I obeyed this exhortation to prayer. But I didn't, and I still don't. So you can pray for me in that regard as well, if you ever think of it. And I read a little treatise recently that got me to thinking, one of the reasons that I don't emphasize prayer being a command like my frustrated and very patient mentor did many years ago. The reason I don't emphasize that it's a command is that by the time 2018 rolled around, when we started the podcast, prayer for me, even then, the most blessed part of my day. And I can't imagine, except in the most extreme circumstances, like being in the hospital, going without talking to the Father as I normally do. But I read recently a treatise, I've read it several times now, from J.C. Ryle, titled, A Call to Prayer. And I was humbly reminded of that rebuke so many years ago. Again, prayer is a command we need to obey. Now, Ryle lived and preached in the 18th century, so the tone of this treatise that we're going to go through is different from our sensibilities. You're going to hear that. But I do believe I have been doing, actually, for the last four years, a disservice to Christians who might, like I did at the time, need to hear that prayer is a command. And you might need to hear it in a more forceful voice 
And that's what you'll hear for the month of October. In our October surprise, we are going to go bit by bit through that treatise and talk about it a little bit and see that prayer is indeed a command. And at the same time, it comes with a great reward of encouragement and soul satisfaction that we talked about. So just as a reminder in this little introduction, thank you once again for listening. And just as a reminder, the motivation and the results of our prayer come together as we grow. And the highest motivation, the ultimate motivation, we called it. We'll talk about that at some point too. Prayer serves a dual purpose, the blessing of man and the glory of God. Billy Graham is the one who said that, and we know that that's true. Prayer also conforms us to his will. We've talked about that before, and R.C. Sproul puts it this way. Prayer does change things, all kinds of things, but the most important thing it changes is us. As we engage in this communion with God more deeply and come to know the one with whom we are speaking more intimately, that growing knowledge of God reveals to us all the more brilliantly who we are and our need to change in conformity to him. Prayer changes us profoundly. I love the way these godly men put it. Jeremiah Burroughs, the old Puritan, in the context of experiencing God, experiencing eternal life right now that we've talked about, John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. We can do that now through Bible study and prayer. Jeremiah Burroughs said this, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which freely submits and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal of every condition. And it is truly through prayer that we understand his wise and fatherly disposal of every season in our life. Lastly, Robert Murray McShane said, What a man is on his knees before God, that he is, and nothing more. And again, our exhortation, wherever you are in your prayer life, you will grow to that point where you're the point of your prayers and the reason you pray is God's glory. Those prayers will change us and conform us to his will and we will know that inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit that we long for. We won't fully know it till heaven, but we can know it now in every condition. And even if you say, I'm a long way away, Pastor McShane, from being on my knees before God what I should be, you will grow into that as well. Thank you once again for listening. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I am the podcast host until the Lord calls the ministry to a close or takes me home. Thank you, Jesus. We are looking in our October surprise. This is episode one. We are looking in our in our special anniversary month at the treatise, A Call to Prayer by J.C. Ryle. I'm glad you're listening. Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. I thank you, majestic God, my King and my Savior, my Creator, our King, our Savior, and our Creator, that you have given us this day. 
Help us to make from this day what you would have of it, whatever your will brings, interruptions, frustrations. Lord Jesus, we pray that we take them and we handle them all to the glory of God. I thank you that Chad and Joanna stopped by to give me a gift today and have a little conversation. Thank you for their ministry in music, and I pray that you will keep on growing that in eternal fruit. We bow before you again today, just praying that you would have us hear your word through your servant. Though he lived a long time ago, he has a message of the importance of our communion with you, our critical communion with you. Bless us as we read and unfold the message that you had prepared almost 200 years ago now from the mouth of your servant. We commit this time to you, Lord Jesus. Make us to come to you in prayer and help us to make that a habit, a habitual visit to our prayer closet each and every day. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit through the blood of Christ because we know it is your will. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Like I said, the format that we're going to do this October is to read a little bit from A Call to Prayer by J.C. Ryle talk about it just a little bit, and then leave it for the next 24 hours for to meditate on all of us. And I mentioned in the beginning, and I'll mention it really quick now, we need to know, some of us, I did certainly at the beginning of my Christian life, that prayer is a command. So let's have ears to hear. A call to prayer. I have a question to offer you. It is contained in three words. Do you pray? The question is one that none but you can answer. Whether you attend public worship or not, your minister knows. Whether you have family prayers in your house or not, your relations know. But whether you pray in private or not is a matter between yourself and God. I beseech you in all affection to attend to the subject I bring before you. Do not say that my question is too close. If your heart is right in the sight of God, there's nothing in it to make you afraid. Do not turn off my question by replying that you say your prayers. It is one thing to say your prayers and another to pray. Do not tell me that my question is unnecessary. Listen to me for a few minutes and I will show you good reason for asking it. I ask whether you pray because prayer is absolutely needful to a man's salvation. End the quote for there for a minute. We will deal with that statement before we get done. Back now quoting Ryle. I say absolutely needful, and I say so advisedly. I'm not speaking now of infants or idiots. I'm not settling the state of the heathen. And remember, his language is going to be different. By idiots, he meant people who can't read. And by heathens, he means the unsaved, of course. Back to the quote now. I know that where little is given, there is little that be, will be required. I speak especially of those who call themselves Christians. In a land like our own, and of such I say, no man or woman can expect to be saved who does not pray. End quote. So again, just like the focus of this podcast, we're talking to Christians. If you're not a Christian, you please listen. You'll hear the gospel, and you'll hear what's needful to become a Christian. But this 
podcast in particular, and this little treatise on prayer is for Christians. Back to Ryle. Quote, I hold salvation by grace as strong as anyone. I would gladly offer a free and full pardon to the greatest sinner that ever lived. I would not hesitate to stand by his dying bed and say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ even now, and you shall be saved. But that a man can have salvation without asking for it, I cannot see in the Bible. That a man will receive a pardon for his sins who will not so much as lift up his heart inwardly and say, Lord Jesus, give it to me. This I cannot find. I can find that nobody will be saved by his prayers, end quote, and that's really important. It's not our prayers that save us, quote again, but I cannot find that without prayer anybody will be saved. It is not absolutely needful to salvation that a man should read the Bible. A man may have no learning or be blind, and yet have Christ in his heart. It is not absolutely needful that a man should hear public preaching of the gospel. He may live where the gospel is not preached, or he may be bedridden or deaf, but the same thing cannot be said about prayer. It is absolutely needful to salvation that a man should pray. Hang with me for a few more minutes. Back to the quote. There is no royal road either to health or learning. Princes and kings, poor men and peasants, all alike must attend to the wants of their own bodies and of their own minds. No man can eat or drink or sleep by proxy. No man can get the alphabet learned for him by another. All these are things which everybody must do for himself, or they will not be done at all. Just as it is with a mind and body, so it is with a soul. There are certain things absolutely needful for the soul's health and well-being. Each must attend to these things for himself. Each must repent for himself. Each must apply Christ for himself. And for himself, each must speak to God and pray. You must do it for yourself, for by nobody else can it be done. To be prayerless is to be without God without Christ, without grace, without hope, and without heaven. It is to be on the road to hell. Now can you wonder that I ask the question, do you pray? I ask again whether you pray because a habit of prayer is one of the surest marks of a true Christian, end quote. And that's the perspective that we're looking at, and we've talked about this before. Prayer is an act of faith. And if you are a child of God, and I've said I've said it before, if you are a child of God, you will pray. That may be sporadic, it may be unsatisfying, it may be of little help because you pray little, but you will pray. And it's the prayer craft that we're working on and that J.C. Ryle is talking about. And the crux of the matter, as difficult as his language is to us sometimes, when he says, I ask again whether you pray because a habit of prayer is one of the surest marks of a true Christian for your own soul and your own assurance that we as Christians talk about a lot. Prayer is a proof of that, calling out to God even sporadically and even simply in the beginning is a sign that you are saved. As Spurgeon said, just as a baby breathes in and out, Christians pray. And I believe it to be true on a salvation level as well. 
to be prayerless is to be without God. But even as Christians, to be prayerless, again, quoting Ryle, to be prayerless is to be without God. You don't have access to him because you don't go into the throne room without Christ. The same, you don't have access to him because you don't call out to him without grace, because grace comes through prayer, and prayer changes things. We've talked about that. Prayer brings us that grace that melds our heart to the God of our salvation. And without hope, we've mentioned this a few weeks ago, without prayer, you are Frank Sinatra, assuming that things are going to get better, and when they do, that's just life. And without heaven, and again, I can't stress, we've talked about it, I've mentioned it, to go into the presence of God and to pray is a glory and it's a joy and it brings peace and comfort. So even for a Christian, if you are prayerless, you are without the experience of heaven right now. As a warning to the unsaved, it is to be on the road to hell. As a warning to us Christians, it just feels like that sometimes. Life does, and without prayer, it feels very much like torment and hell. So I'll leave you with your meditation today. Now can you wonder that I ask the question, do you pray? Again from Ryle, I ask again whether you pray because a habit of prayer is one of the surest marks of a true Christian. We mentioned in our introduction to this a quote from Jeremiah Burroughs, and it is fitting to use that here. To be without prayer, as Ryle says, is to be without that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which is contented and submits and delights in God's wise, fatherly disposal in every condition. If your heart, you're listening today and your heart longs for those things, I would encourage you to start your discipline of prayer. We have mentioned before It takes growth to get there, and I'm praying that even in your initial efforts, you will feel the presence of God and feel that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father, again for today. We bless you, and we pray that these words would ruminate in our minds. Everyone who's listening and struggles with prayer, Lord, give them the encouragement that their desire to pray is one of the marks of a true Christian. Help us all to commit, like many years ago, your lowly slave, Fred, had to be confronted that prayer is a command. And Lord Jesus, you know I pray in tears and in wonder that any of your children get through this life without the glory of knowing you. So take our exhortation the next month, said in a way that I can't say it, and give yourself glory through the prayers and the growing prayers and communion of your people all around the world. On my knees, holy God, I pray this because it is the will of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our majestic Creator, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We commend one another to you in that mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.